We've all seen the incredible horse and rider combinations as the backbone of our sport. But what about everything else that makes the equestrian world tick? From the everyday grind to the world-class professional, join the Equestrian Podcast as we talk about every equestrian discipline in a way that hasn't been done before. Now here's your host, rider, trainer, and influencer behind my equestrian style, Bethany Lee. Hey friends, and welcome back to the Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Bethany Lee, and this is episode 328. Our guest today is a dressage rider, head trainer, and barn manager located in beautiful Sonoma, California. She grew up riding her whole life and has big aspirations for riding. She currently trains with Gunter Seidel, and she also has two small kids. She has a two-year-old daughter and an eight-month-old son. She also has three labs, 28 chickens, one rooster, and three beehives. So it's safe to say she is a busy lady. Well, I wanted to talk to her a a little bit about her dynamic with having children, how things shifted for her life, different focuses, and physically getting back into the saddle, mentally being prepared to go back, and um, all of those things. So without further ado, please welcome our lovely guest today, Joey Emmert Evans. Hi, Joey. Hi, how are you? Doing well, how are you? Good, good, good. Good. Thank you so much for coming on. I would love to hear how you first got started in the equestrian industry. Yeah, I mean, probably not a super unique story. I started riding when I was super young. My mom loved horses and, you know, th- first threw me on a on a horse when I was, I don't know, four or something. But she wanted me to have a little bit more of a formal education than she did. She just was riding random horses in the fields next door. So she actually um, enrolled me into the local pony club chapter. We lived in Montana. And so I started at the pony club in Montana on a little Welsh pony named Montana, who was, you know, your typical Welsh pony who (laughs) put me through my paces as a, as a six-year-old or seven-year-old, whatever it was, and had just this incredible start. You know, I think it really rooted my riding, I don't know, overall, Mm-hmm. theory around and passion about being outside and on trails. And while I'm a competitive dressage rider, I also have this love for just being outside and, and in the fields and on trails. And so it, that kind of grew and, ex- and extended um, into, we moved around a lot growing up. And so I ended up in a different pony club chapter in Connecticut. And that's ultimately where I found, I really love dressage and I got connected with a a very cool trainer out there. And, and then I, we made another move. Uh, my, my dad worked in university. So we kind of bounced from college town to college town and we made another move. And in high school, I ended up, you know, kind of thinking I wanted a boyfriend in a car. And as I think most horse girls can attest, you can't uh. always have all of those things. And so I actually ended up stop, uh, stopping riding. I stopped riding when I was maybe 17 or so. Okay. And, um, and got a huge, just took a huge break through school and college and, and then picked it back up, which is a whole nother story. Picked it back up when I was maybe 26. So I, mm-hmm. I gave it up for a decade and then came back into the sport, wow. um, much later. Yeah. I think, um, obviously now you've you've clearly been dedicated to building a career in the equestrian industry and also building a family in that time. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think the decision to have children while working to be, you know, at the very top of the sport seems to be like so demanding and so overwhelming. But what was your kind of approach to having children while also keeping your career in mind? 
Yeah. You know, I don't know that it's that dissimilar from any industry in, in yeah. some ways. I mean, it is very different in a lot of ways because our, you know, our sport's so physical, obviously. Right. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, you you go through the same motions that I think a lot of really career aspirational and oriented people go through moms um, in that you're just trying to balance this new, you know, you inherently cannot be selfish anymore, right? Like there's just this, this new being or beings that need you and you have to try and strike this new balance around how much time do you get to devote literally? I mean, how much time do you have to devote to your own career right. and your own, your own aspirations? And then, you know, the mom guilt of not being home and not being there. And, and I think it's, it's tough in this, in this industry, because to be, I think, very competitive, you have to be on the road a fair bit, unless you live in Wellington or you're, you know, you're kind of in the, in the hub, which I am not, um, you have to be on the road a lot. I think that part of it is, is a very real balance. Um, and so you, you have to plan for that, I think, in, in thinking through it all. And then it's also super important that you, uh, you know, physically you, you have this mental, I think for me, it was a, it was a big mental hurdle to, to even just acknowledging like, okay, I'm going to be out of the sport for a certain period of time Mm -hmm. physically. And I have to also be able to feel like I can bounce back and, and ride afterwards. And so um, that, that probably was the hardest mental hurdle for me around. I I had some real fear around what this was going to do to me physically and how much I could um, ride while being pregnant, if at all. And you know what, what that was going to look like. And then the aftermath of it, I didn't candidly give a ton of thought to how I was going to balance everything afterwards. I kind of just think, I just thought, Oh, I'll just figure that out when I, when I get there. Um, but the physical part is, was real for us. And I think that's the unique piece for us in the, in the sport. Definitely. Absolutely. Obviously it can sometimes be a bit of like a hot topic, but mm-hmm. I ask all of my riders who have had kids, like how far did you have an idea of like how far you were going to ride through your pregnancy? And like, how did that whole dynamic happen in, in your situation? Yeah, it is a hot topic for sure. Um, I think, you know, for me, I, I was very active before being pregnant. I've just, mm-hmm. I've always been an active person. And, and so I, my motto was, I'm just going to let my body tell me what it, you know, I'm, I was a physiology major in college. And so I, I have at least some background and some education in that. And I, I know myself well enough and I know my body well enough that I just thought I'm just going to let my body tell me when it needs to back down. Um, there's obviously some things you just have to stop doing right away. <laughs> For me, that was like some specific core exercises. And mm-hmm. I, and I, and I stopped running actually pretty pretty early on, but I wrote for my first, I have, I have two kiddos. I have one that's, uh, she's literally turning two next week. And then I have an, uh, he's eight months this week. So I had like back to back, um, back to back babies. But with my first one, I rode until I was 36 weeks actually, but I was on my, at the time, 18 year old, like I knew him in and out. He was a super safe boy, like really, really solid horse. And so I just knew I could, trust him in a sense to be safe. And 
the biggest thing I he's he's got this he's not the quickest mover in the world but he's got a lot of power and so at some point uh, later on in the pregnancy I just couldn't sit his trot anymore it's like mm-hmm. just the abs range <laughs> was not was not gonna let that happen so you know we played with our off and our passage work and kind of had some fun there and and I could canter still and so I could play around but it was you probably a lot of- really realized like just how much core you use Oh, oh, so much. So it's wild. Uh, It's wild. And I had this, you know, this belly band that I would strap on. And, you know, it's just you you kind of figure it out when you want to. But we were playing, you know, we were just kind of playing in the end. And for me, it was more, I just kind of thought, you know, the longer I can stay active throughout this pregnancy, I think the better I will bounce back. And um, I firmly, firmly believe for me, everyone's journey is totally different. So uh, for me, I actually had a really, really easy delivery for the first time. And, um, and my doctors and my nurses were, were really, really impressed with physically how I did through it. And in talking through them, they felt like a lot of that might've been from riding because you do have the core strength and you, you know, you keep things loose and flexible. And, and so when you're, when you're actually going through some of the, you know, some of the parts of, of labor, like that helps in a lot of ways. With my second one, you know, I, I had a much younger horse who was a good boy, but had, had moments enough that I didn't want to, I didn't want to push, push the safety perspective on that. I'm a pretty bold rider, but you get a very sober view very quickly around um, what you're willing and not willing to do when you're pregnant, obviously. And so I stopped riding with my son at maybe 24 weeks, 26 weeks, somewhere in there. I actually, I actually was still getting on uh, my little quarter horse and kind of poking around. So I, I guess technically I was riding. It <laughs> yeah. sounds terrible, but I wasn't like, I wasn't actively training um, for my whole second pregnancy. I was just kind of bouncing around on my, on my little quarter horse Love for, it. for a while. Yeah. And then yeah. tell me with both pregnancies, what was it like? And was it like a different scenario for both returning back to the saddle? Like what were the most difficult parts what were the things that you like especially with your first pregnancy coming back that you maybe like didn't anticipate or expect well physically uh I felt better sooner than I expected I guess I I really thought I was gonna be out for longer um and but you're not this I mean you're just not the same physically so you know there are some you have to give yourself more time I think you know especially being a super ambitious person and a very competitive person. And you feel like you've missed out on some things, right? Like you missed a season here or whatever it might've been. And so you do have to give yourself some grace physically and know you need to just that, you know, your core, for example, is just not, this is not where it was no matter what, um, for a little while after. So physically, I think I had to really allow myself the time to, to just get strong again and just get rider fit you know, emotionally and mentally, I think it's going back to one of your first questions. You know, you're really just trying to balance this whole, it, it's like you, you want to get back to your old riding life, right? Like you want to get back in the saddle. I've got my goals. I've got my, I might, I've gotten it. I want to get to this train. I want to get this, this, it all. You're, you're just trying to get back into it and your life just isn't the same. I mean, it's just not, you just can't carve out the same, the same time. Right. And you know, I think what's also really special and also very unique that 
people outside of our industry don't realize is like, you already have children, right? Like our horses are our children. Like they need care 24 seven. They need to be clothed. They need to, they need their shoes. They, they have tender, like tampered tantrums. They, you know, they, they have all these emotions that a child does. And so in a lot of ways, it's like, you already have these children that you've been caring for child or children that you've been caring for. And then on top of it, you also have this human child. And so the, for me, at least the tug and pull of trying to balance caring for all my horses and being there and doing the things that I want to achieve for them, but then also being a new mom and, and Mm -hmm. wanting to be there for all the moments that you want to be there for, for a new mom as a new mom and, and for your, for your new baby and not missing out on that. I, I think that emotionally was a real adjustment for me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I feel like the focus is always like the physical pregnancy and then like coming back to the saddle after, you know, you like physically gave birth, but I mean, it's so it's like, uh, obviously, but like, it doesn't end there. Like your life is kind of forever changed, you know? And so having to really shift and make those adjustments. um, I mean, I know with our sport and lifestyle and, and career, it really, um, we tend to often like pack so much in a day. And so thinking about, I know for me being a very busy person with, you know, essentially three full-time jobs in the equestrian world, thinking about having kids, I'm like, where would I fit that in? (laughs) Where do, what do you do? So, um, I feel like that's the biggest part that is like, wow, the, the life adjustment must be such, you know, such a learning curve. And how do you feel like it, um, affected, you know, for better, for worse, um, how, how do you feel like it affected your riding and your training program? Like, what are you doing differently now than before you had kids? Well, I would love to say, I would love to say, my time management. Um, but my, <laughs> I literally just got a text from my sports psychologist this morning being like, how is your time management going? Cause we work on that the most. And, um, I feel like it's a losing battle all the time because, you know, again, it's like with kids, you would love to have a schedule, but inevitably something happens. Right. And not to get too TMI, but you know, a baby has a blow up diaper and all right. of a sudden what you're 15 minutes later than you thought you were going <laughs> to, or, you know, the horse, like today, my horse was spooking it. I don't know what. So we got off and we did 15 minutes of groundwork. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you're just constantly kind of running into these, these little time hiccups with both your horses and your kids. It's just the natural, natural right. way of both. Right. So I think, for sure time management is like my number one challenge. And that's where I have to, I think you have to continuously just dial in your, your program around all of a sudden it matters what time you leave the house, but you can't leave the house at a certain time anymore. And, you know, all those things. Um, so you have to get much more efficient in your training, I think. And for me, at least I've gotten very deliberate about what do I need to accomplish in the day? Because I just don't have the same luxury of, of being an hour late or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, the biggest piece for me, I would say though, the, the biggest difference in, in being competitive is, you know, you really start to evaluate if I can only be gone at a competition for so many days or for so, you know, for so much length of time, because you now have a, you now have a baby and you have a family and you might have a lot of help. You might have a little bit of help, but like, no matter what you're doing, you're putting a burden on somebody else, or you're bringing that baby with you and you're trying to 
manage being at the show or being training or do whatever you're doing with the baby. It's, you know, so you start to really prioritize and get, I think, very calculated about when you're taking that time for your own career and when you have to start taking that time as a mom. And so there's a little bit for me of compartmentalization around, okay, this is my career time. This is my training time. Stay Mm -hmm. very, very focused and stay very dialed from, even if it's that day, like from, you know, call it 10 to two, what, I mean, whatever those time frame is, right. Or one to five, whatever the number, the numbers are for you, you have to stay focused and dialed in. And then I go home. And like, as soon as I'm home, my phone is done. I am, I am offline to all my horse stuff while I'm with my kids until bedtime. And so for me, it's like having to protect those two different pieces of your life in a way so that you can stay focused and achieving what you need to be achieving in both places and be very present for, for your horses and for your, for your kiddos. As horse people, I think that everyone has wanted to go on some type of trip or excursion that involves horses. It's hard to get away from them, so when we are enjoying time away on vacation or for a trip, it's so nice to be able to spend time with horses, ride horses, and have that experience in a different culture. I know for me, I've always wanted to do that, but have been really hesitant due to cultural differences for care for the horses and um, just being worried that the horses are, you know, either too thin or not sound or not getting cared for properly. And when I found Unicorn Trails, I really became so at peace with the care for the horses and the entire experience. Unicorn Trails is an equestrian tourism company that has been around for over a decade with over 300 different trips around the world. I just went on a Unicorn Trails trip to Morocco and it was absolutely unforgettable. I have a whole episode about my trip to Uni- with Unicorn Trails, which is episode 321 on the podcast. So make sure you go check it out and hear my interview with Wendy all about how she started Unicorn Trails and how the safety and the health of the horses first and foremost and the incredible places that you can go with Unicorn Trails. So for more information, visit their website at unicorntrails.com. What would you say is a way that the equestrian industry like as a whole could be more supportive for new mothers in the sport? I think it's more this, to be honest. I think it's just talking about it. You know, it is very cool for me, at least, to see a lot of our top riders in a place now where they're where they're having kids of their own. You know, you see, you see Charlotte Jarden having a baby. Obviously, um, Jessica von Bruder. I mean, there's there's lots at Laura. You know, Casey. All these guys that have, gals that have had that have had babies. And I think as we see that, because the hardest part is honestly how much time the horses take and to be competitive, how much time on the road you have to be in it. I don't have a trainer, like my coach is not here. So I have to travel for that stuff too. And and so, you know, when you're on the road that much, or you're not in the epicenter of, of the horse world, which a lot of us are not in, in the sport, you know, um, it's, it's just that much harder to be that much more competitive when you have when you have a family that you're, that you have all this time and obligation and not in bad way obligation, but that you, you know, you want to spend time with them and you want to be a mom and you want Mm -hmm. to be there for them. So 
I, you know, I don't know how we solve that in the turn in terms of making it, how do you make it easier for someone to, to get to a competitive place in the sport while having, right. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I, yeah. but I think the more of us that there are, that are having to deal with those challenges, then the more we collectively will try and find a solution or make it easier or, um, or just be more supportive around it, honestly, because Definitely. it's, that is the hardest part for me is, is just finding the time and knowing it is the, it is the right priority. And I'm, I'm spending my time and my money and my resources wisely because there's, there's less of them now. Right. True. Yeah. Um, when it comes to life with horses, what are you most excited about sharing with your children as they get older? Do you think either oh. of them will want to get involved in horses? Uh, are you going to encourage that, steer them away from that? I've heard lots of different answers. Yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, my kids are never going to ride or like, oh, totally. I want to get them on as soon as possible. What's your take on that with your totally, kids? Totally. Um, you know, I think I encourage like Sloan, my daughter uh, is is two and she's she's gotten on on the quarter horse for sure. I, you know, I hold her and she, and she gets hand locked around on him and she loves it. And I put her in the saddle with, with my older trusty steed. But, um, so I encourage her now, but that's honestly, that's only because I think it's a confidence builder for little kids, you know, just to physically be up high or to be on an animal or be around something to me is just a confidence piece. Um, Mm I, I am actually, I believe very, very firmly that I don't want to push either of them into it. If they want to ride, it would make me very happy and I would love it. Uh, But I can promise you that they, that they'll have to work for it. You know, I really appreciated that with pony club is I didn't get, I never, I was never riding these fancy horses or fancy. I didn't even know what a warm blood was. I mean, till I was, gosh, I don't even know. And, and I never went to a a big show. I never did any of that. And I, you know, I think it's really important that my kids, for me, it's very important that they grow up learning the hard part of the sport, you know, the responsibility of caring for another being and having empathy for that other being and loving it and, and knowing the hard, the hard side as, as, you know, as well as the good parts of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that part, if they choose to do that, is really important to me. Um, and and even if they don't, you know, they will absolutely have their <laughs> their summer chores will be at the farm, and they'll have to the you know pay their dues at the farm. Yep. I, I think that stuff is important. If they if they want to ride and they love it, um, that's great, and I'll be really excited about it. For me, I think, you know, I'm really lucky. I'm really fortunate that we have this farm. I I live in San Francisco, and I commute up to the farm. And so my kids are urban, you know, they're urban kids. Like my daughter's preschool playground is on the roof of the building, right? Like it's very, very urban. And so it's really cool to me that they get to come up here and just get dirty and they play in the hay and she, you know, is out there playing in the arena sand is like her little sandbox. And (laughs) like that stuff to me is really special. So I try and get them up here a lot and, and just get, outside, you know, see spiders and see, <laughs> see yeah, all kinds of things. Totally, that They don't get to see that. I think a lot of other kids get that. And you know, the other piece that I think our industry gets not unfairly, um, <laughs> gets the reputation of being a very, very expensive and very exclusive industry and sport. And it is by, by so many 
ways, it, you know, it, it it's just a tough, expensive place to be. So, so you're playing in a very specific echelon of, of people and of society in a lot of, in a lot of environments that, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot that isn't that way, but especially in the Bay area here where we are, it's, it's very much that way. And what I love about the horse industry though, that I don't think a lot of people either get the exposure to, or maybe realize is that if you let it be, it can be a really diverse place and and you can meet a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life in this, in the sport. And, you know, you get, you obviously have kind of what we would imagine is the clients that are in the wealthier spectrum of, of society. But then you also have, you know, our riding students, the working students, our trainers, our grooms, the stall cleaners, you know, our, I, I spent, I spend half an hour to 45 minutes every time my hay guy delivers hay and I, and I'm on the phone with my, with my hay farmer and I love my hay farmer. And he comes from a completely different place than so many other people in this sport. And he has a very different view on maybe politics than some other people or than this. And and I think that's important. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we let our kids have that exposure and they get to see all the parts of this sport and all the people that work in the sport and are included in this industry. I think that can be a really enriching piece of life. And I think for me, that's something that I would like to embrace and I would like for them to, to see and, and experience because it's, it can be a very positive, a very, you know, a very positive piece of life and growing up if we focus on it. Definitely. I feel like you just answered it, but what would you say is something that you're passionate about in the industry that you feel like people either don't talk about or don't know enough about? Well, that's part of it. That's not it, but um, (laughs) hands down horsemanship. Like for me, I spend, um, and it's not that people don't focus on it or spend enough time on it. I'm not trying to say that that's the case just for me. That is, that is my absolute number one. I, you know, I've, I've against the advice of a lot of people, you know, I, I'm, I'm incredibly fortunate in, and like, I'm incredibly fortunate. There is always in this sport, there is always someone, many people who have more than us, who have a nicer X, Y, and Z than us. Um, but I am incredibly, incredibly fortunate. I, I don't have the financial budget to go buy a bunch of made horses. And so I, four years ago, made the decision to start buying foals and young horses. Hmm. And with that, I, I figured out, you know, I really need to learn how, if I'm going to raise these horses that I need to figure out how to raise a horse. And uh, it's not, you know, going back to the topic of the podcast, it is, it is not dissimilar at all to being a parent and learning how to be a parent. I mean, you know, you hear, you hear the saying, there are no bad dogs. There's only bad dog owners. And you know, that not saying bad, I don't, not trying to focus on that word, but, but I don't think that has always transcended into the horse world in a lot of ways. You know, we we're parents of these horses and I think it's our responsibility, not only to learn how to ride them and to train, but how to parent them, you know, how to teach them on the ground, how to be confident and, and have, these moments where they feel proud of themselves. And, and I, you know, a lot of people I think will 
shake their heads at me and, and maybe I can go down a rabbit hole on this, but I, I really do feel that that is a responsibility that I carry with my horses. And what I think is very special about having kids is I've also, you know, if anyone ever says that I'm a, I'm a halfway decent parent, I will attribute a vast majority of what I have learned to my foals. I mean, one specifically who was very challenging and my first one. And I, I, it was the, you know, the steepest hill to climb in terms of my education of, of raising a horse, but the things and the values that I learned from raising her apply like absolutely to my kids. And every day when I learn something with my, with my kids, I feel like I bring it back to the barn and, you know, you this level of patience or just persistence around something, you know, I, I think if we, again, if we let that as a parent, it's, it's so similar in so many ways. And I think really, really special. And it just makes this, this bond between us as a horse and a rider that much stronger. And so I'm, I'm incredibly, I spend an enormous amount of time on the ground with my horses. Um, and I, I take that it's fun for me. I enjoy it. Not always. Sometimes it's really challenging, <laughs> but, um, but for me, that is, that is the one piece of the sport that I would love to see more of. And that I think uh, everyone can, everyone can keep developing in and learning from yeah. myself included. I think that that's such a great point. And it's so, it's so true. The never really thought about it that way, probably because I don't personally have kids, but being able to, um, you know, like be a part of that horse's life is such a blessing, but also just such a big responsibility and, um, just making sure that you're always doing right by your horse. And like, you've been able to experience, um, you know, doing right by your kids and being there for them and nurturing them and, and guiding them. And I think that there, yeah. it's so cool. Cause there really are so many parallels. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, you know, it's our job as parents, I think, to to raise a good and kind human that will contribute to society, right? And there's all the all the other fluff stuff on top of that. You want them to be smart or athletic or all the other things, yes, of course, that that so many people want and and try for for their kids. And it's it's the same for the horses, right? Like at the end of the day, you want a horse that that is an enjoyable animal to be around that is uh, safe for a lot, you know, safe, but, but it does well in, in the horse society that mm-hmm. is comfortable and confident and successful and contributes back to the sport. So, you know, I, I think that if we take that approach with our horses, uh, it, it can only benefit all of us from it. Definitely. Well, Joey, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing a little bit of your story. I think it's um, so cool and such a lovely dynamic that I I feel like is needed to talk about more. So thank you so much for taking the time and I wish you all the best. Oh yeah. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute and write a review on iTunes. I would so appreciate it. It helps people like you find the podcast and it helps me get some killer guests. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week.